And welcome to the Man on Second podcast on the rapidly growing Real Voices of the Game Productions Network. I'm Joe Forsaro with our producer and co-host Dave D'Agostino. And as always, our mission here at the, at the channel is to raise the baseball IQs of our audience. We plan to do so again today with our special guest, Scout Tim McDonald of the Colorado Rockies. But before we get to Tim um, let's get to Dave and Dave, you got any updates and announcements for us, my friend? Yeah, well, I'll keep the preamble short because I want to get to Tim too, but just want to thank our, our followers, our listeners, 72 countries loyal as all heck. Uh, we're up to, I got a glimpse of the Spotify numbers. We're Apple, Amazon, Stitcher were the three that were in 21,000 subscribers from there. We did in fact double with Spotify. So, uh, they haven't sent me the official ones, but I, I'm a little impatient. You know that Joe, that's the Italian <laughs> in both of us. So, I got a little annoying with them, so they gave me a sneak preview. Um, so we're up over 40,000 subscribers, so things are moving with the network. We appreciate everybody's patience and diligence, but we told you if you download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review, you, we can beat the analytics of the podcast world just like we're trying to do in baseball. So our audience, very intelligent, uh, very sophisticated, and our guests deliver every time. And this show certainly is at the forefront of what we're trying to do here at the network. So with that, I'll turn it back over to you and and we'll get rocking with Tim. That's uh, great news. And, you know, as we as uh, Dave said, you know, we are growing this and it's growing pretty fast. And one of the reasons why is the guest that we are having and we are blessed to have someone who's been a good friend of this show, uh, along with being a super scout. Tim is also an author uh, <laughs> and he's uh, he's the author of a book called Fearless Hitting More Than Your Swing. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the book, but uh, we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about uh, development, uh, the grassroots rec- rec- um, uh, level. We're going to talk about um, the the trade deadline and and just uh, our fundamentals even being taught anymore because I'm seeing some stuff in the big leagues that is making my want to pull my hair out. But without further ado, Tim McDonald. Welcome, Tim. How you doing, my friend? Hello, guys. Wonderful. Thank you again for having me. It's uh, my pleasure. I love coming on. Yeah, it's always great to have Tim. And, you know, Tim does such an amazing job for those who know his background. He is the scout who uh, was uh, at the forefront in the Marlins drafting Giancarlo Stanton and Kristen Yelich back in the day. And his resume keeps building. Um Tim, just kind of take us through. The draft is now in the rearview mirror. Uh, what, you know, kind of take our listeners through. What what was that kind of, you know, what's that kind of like from your perspective, your point of view? You know, kind of you do your, your legwork all year round. You're, you've re- you got reports. You're seeing all these, you know, draftable players. And then all of a sudden, what are those final, like, 72 hours like as you, as you know, you're really cramming in to make sure every, oh, you've done your homework and everybody knows you know, if you pick this at this spot, you're going to get this player. And why should you get that player? Yeah, I, I will get into that 72 hours. I do want to share with you guys. I haven't shared good news with you. Okay. That our, our favorite softball player, uh, University of Michigan, Kaylee, Kaylee Rodriguez. Yes. She sent out the same day you reached out to me, Joe. 
she put on her Twitter that she's done with her chemo. So oh, that's amen news. to that. That's so, great news. Yeah, so I wanted to let you guys know, and hopefully we see her on a field soon. Yes, but yes. I know we've been supportive of her, and she appreciates it. So I wanted to make sure you and anybody else who'd listened had heard that, because that, that sing, single item made my month, because I was excited for yeah, her. Yeah, so and, that's good. and her brother I saw at the end of the high school season. I saw him hitting home runs, and, and I, you know, oh, he good. was dealing some with health issues as well. But it was good to see he was uh, being a productive player too. Any updates on him? That's awesome. No, I don't have any. I haven't. I've tried to leave them alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, Kaylee's been going through all her treatments. So, um, and again, I met her through Twitter. So it's not like I'm some family member or something. <laughs> I just thought, wow, that's a great. That was a. That just pumped me up. You know, you see, hey. She's celebrating her last chemo, and I was like, well, awesome. I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah, yeah, our thoughts uh, and our, the, all our best, our support for the, for that yeah. family. I know they've been through a lot. Uh, Tim, yeah, 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 take us through. That's what was 72 hours. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to lock in on those 72 hours. The draft has changed so much that the actual – actually picking a guy, when, when your team selects a guy, it happens just a few minutes before you get him. So it's – it's a lot of preparation and waiting and seeing who's actually on the board when you're picking. Cause you can't call everybody and have everything lined up. You just end up on the phone the whole time and then you're not preparing. So it's a, there's a storm brewing, I guess, but you're just trying to stay calm and collect information and not overthink it. I think we, we can all get sucked into the noise of what's going on. But the reality is you're going in to fight for a handful of guys, for me as an area guy, and you want to make sure that we stay on top of that small group. Sometimes, you know, as an area scout in California, I may have three guys that I'm saying, we re- these are the three or five or up to seven. And at times I've had one where you're, you're like, you're staying on top of that one guy. The others have some value, but this is the one you think – you got to get, and you got to get him in the right spot. So there's a lot of talking to agents uh, as much as you can, uh, trying to pull info out from other teams, but everyone's pretty tight-lipped at this point. Uh, Even your closest of friends aren't going to tell you what they're doing. Uh, There's a few here here and there that slip through the cracks. But I I think when you think of the draft – you have to eliminate all the stuff that the, the fan sees. And we have to be single-minded that we're trying to find future big leaguers for our team. Someone who's going to make an impact and having all these outside opinions and mock drafts, that just can cloud your head. Uh, I've seen it happen with younger or newer scouts where they're like, they their head is spinning and you have to, to relax. There's there's nothing you can do. We can't draft them early. We can't trade up. So you just wait it out, and you hope your guy's there. And then he's the best of the you know three or however many players you're considering for that next pick. I know that doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's really you're sitting around waiting, and, and you take your pick, and then you've got 30 to wait. So <laughs> it's a lot of Oh, they took him. He's off the board. And oh, that guy's off the board. And that guy's off the board. So you just keep waiting. And then you, for your next pick, you get locked in again and go, okay, who are we targeting? And what's, what do we, do we think we can get that guy? Is any, who else is on him? Are we going to get our pocket picked? 
So there's a lot of that stuff going on, but it's uh, it's still you have to simplify the process. It's a poker game, right? You know, everyone. Yeah, everyone says, yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. There is quite a bit. Well, of I saw that. where where the Rockies went very heavily with college and with the competitive balance B pick. Did they get one of your guys? No, that's San Diego State. Okay. I mean, I did see him. But yeah, no, that's that's our other guy, Matt Hattabaugh. Oh, okay, I got a couple kids out of UCLA. I'm okay. ha- really happy with both of them. Um, yeah, I don't really want to get into. I try to steer <laughs> clear of a lot of that stuff, as you know. Yeah. But I mean, hey. Well, for, we just wanted them to take your players, so we want to. That's, yeah, that's I'll tell you this: <laughs> for some drafts, for some drafts, you're okay when you walk out and you have no one. Yeah. And this year, I got a couple of the guys I really wanted. I'm really happy. It went well. I got lucky, and there's no way to quantify the draft because you have no idea who someone else is going to take. So I was tickled when it was over, extremely happy, and now, you know, they go out and they play. And like I tell them, I, I fight for you up to now, and then once they sign and they're there, it's they got to go live their, their dream. It's not me anymore. I just sit back. So, um, yeah, I was happy with that. So yeah, the draft you were you were asking about like trends in the draft, boy. I mean, heavy pitching this twenty round draft. It's obvious, heavy, heavy pitching. And then if you're a position player, you better be either really good or be prepared to go on day three. Um, there's not a lot of that six to ten position players that there was a lot less taken this year. Um, I think with all the roster limitations, there's just less spots to play guys and you can't have, you know, three third basemen on your your low A or high A team. So it gets very specific uh, what positions you're taking and how many you can get, much more so than in the past. We didn't care in the past. You had all those, you know, we even had, when I was with Miami, we had a couple rookie teams. Yeah. So you always had places for them to play, but uh, – with the MLB rules on limits, that is no longer the case. So you're seeing a ton of pitching, a ton of the legit college and high school bats are going off the board fast, and then it's just a pitching fest. So yeah, I was going to ask you about you because uh, if we're now, it's been a few years since uh, MLB went to the 20 rounds, and mm-hmm. as you know, you know, got trying to see if you see that trend, and like you're saying, you're we're seeing a run on arms. And you, you kind of are outlining just there are not enough spots for the positions. So are you also seeing – it seems like the college guys now are, unless you're a really darn good high school player that goes in the first two or three rounds, it's going to be a college draft right now, it seems like. Yeah, outside of the top three, I think you're right with uh, you know the NIL money being uh, handed out to these high school players and all the other things. There's reasons for them to go to college. Um, although they go to college and it's just as competitive and, and compacted with players, uh, we see that with the portal. Guys are bouncing all over the place. Uh, they're not happy because they're not playing. But in regards to the draft, I, I think it's it's probably going to stay that way, and I would say it's probably been that way, that you've got the heaviest amount of high school players will go in the top three rounds and the kids who really want to play or they hate school or for whatever reason, they just really want to sign. Uh, they're still signing. It's, you know, there was a, a couple teams that took guys later and uh, I think you have to stay open to that. Uh, I know we got a guy, a high school kid later 
and um and he signed and he wants to so that's good but um yeah i think those high school kids and it's going to change year to year because it's it's how i describe scouting to people all the time like you go to the grocery store and sometimes there's a you're looking for red apples and there's a ton of them and so you've got the pick of the litter and other times you go and there's only five and so you're like well which of these five am i actually going to take so uh i think that's part of it is it's it's fluctuates you can't get locked into anything you have to stay fluid with maybe next year we take a high school player in the fourth or fifth round i mean it, it don't don't count anything out stay open and be willing to do all kinds of stuff but in general i'd say you're right the top three because of the money and the nil and all the other things combined uh they value going to college and trying to get in those top three rounds the, the money is pretty crazy yeah obviously the top of the draft oh yeah yeah it's really really hard <laughs> if you're in those first three <laughs> rounds or and then occasionally you'll see the way over slot fourth rounder or whatever but your yeah. second rounder may have gotten no money that year uh you know but yeah, yeah it's uh it, it is it is fascinating i find and as somebody who now you know at this stage of my career what um, I'm doing more in the grassroots i'm seeing a lot of the high school kids specific you know more specifically and some really good ones and I know that they probably would in, here in South Florida. Um, we had two get get drafted pretty highly, and uh, uh, George Lombard Jr. Uh, going to the oh, Yankees, yeah. and then Adrian Santana from uh, Doral Academy. He went pretty high, but uh, that was kind of it. You know, we you know we had guys I thought could be drafted, but they knew they're going to U- the University of Florida, and if they weren't going to be drafted in the top three or four rounds, they weren't going to sign. So. You know that was pretty obvious, and and that's kind of how it played out. Um, so it, it, I find it fascinating as as these kids. You think the NIL money is getting more and more uh, attractive to to these high school players these days? Uh, I think so, and for sure they're going to use it to negotiate. I mean, there's no question about that. It sounds that way. I don't have the inner workings because I'm not a college coach, and I don't know all the money they're getting and but you hear some of the stuff, and it sounds attractive to me. I mean, if I was an 18, 19-year-old kid, I certainly would, would find the numbers I'm hearing attractive. So, uh, But finding facts in that stuff is very difficult. Everything's fluid. I think that's why uh, what our government is looking into all that stuff right now, aren't yeah. they? There's some, there's some committees looking at yeah. it. So I think we'll wait and find out what's going on there. But... Um, yeah, it's just high school players uh, tend to be better off going to college. That's just the nature of it. And you, your pick is too valuable with only 20 now, 20 rounds, that you can't really roll the dice and go, ah, we can't sign this guy. We can't sign this guy. So you end up, you know, even a kid who maybe was wishy-washy it's it's very risky to try to take that guy because if you take him too high you lose that the value of that pick yeah so you need you need kids that if they want to sign they better be very honest and open about that and not play the uh you know the negotiation game a month before the draft because then you're you're gonna get cold feet as a scout and a team and say well let's not play their games. Let's, let's, let's move on. They just make it easier to eliminate them than to stick with them because you're, you're not getting the straight answer. Yeah. And I know Dave does a lot with 
uh, you know, getting kids into colleges, and he probably has to, some thoughts as well. Dave, jump in. Oh, the, the NIL is like the Wild West, Tim. It's uh, the rule used to be just for our audience. It used to be an, an athlete could make the value of the scholarship while they were in school, so it kind of controlled a little bit of the finances. Now they've taken the cap off of it. And I won't name names of schools. I won't name names of players because we do we do help kids with all of that stuff with with uh, getting their value. But there's kids at low Division One programs that I mean they don't even have budgets for scholarships that are driving around in Lexus vehicles with the stamp of the school on the side of the car, and that's considered NIL money right there. Their advertisement, they're making money from a car dealer, they're getting a free car. I mean, and it's all. They basically legalized all the illegal stuff we saw in movies like Blue Chip and you know all that stuff. They just yeah. write down the list. Okay, we'll make this legal, this legal, bags of cash. That's okay. We don't even need a bag anymore. Just hand it to them in public. So it's insane. And it, it has, yeah. I mean, a lot of things. I, I am amazed at the work that you have to do because you hit on the, the difficulties of it. They reduced the minor league system. So you don't have the luxuries of the development you used to have. They reduced the draft. So now you don't have the luxuries of taking a shot on a kid that maybe – you know, Mike Piazza, 52nd right. round. Um, yep. You know, that's a favorite. And now you had the negotiating power of saying, hey, let's, we can throw a little bit of bonus money at him and maybe get him to forego college. Um, because I don't know if college is a good preparation baseball wise for the pro game or not. I'm, I'm on the, the pro I'm side to get a kid early. Yep. But, um, but I don't know. I, I think your job is ch- challenging. And my, my question to you is um, long way to it, but how significant now are places like the independent leagues in terms of supplementing and supporting with what you're doing with finding prospects um, and having a development system formally. Yeah, indie ball. Uh, I mean, I played indie ball. I love it. However, in regards to my job, I'm so apart from that. I have no idea. I know our, our pro side and our development guys are on top of that, but the one thing you've, you need to learn if you're going to work in professional baseball for a long time is stay in your own lane. <laughs> and, and, uh, I learned a long time ago, stay in my lane. So I, I don't know exactly. I know there's the buyout from Indie Ball is higher than it was before. Uh, but it is, it's valuable for those players because in this arena we're in, somehow performance has been uh, overlooked. Like we talk about everything else, but performance still matters. And so if you have a kid that's performed in college and for whatever reason, he doesn't get drafted and he can go to indie ball and perform there, he's going to get noticed. Uh, there, there are guys getting signed out of indie ball leagues. And I, I think, you know, we have all these deep discussions about baseball, but the truth is for these players get more athletic Joe, you were talking about the skill level, even on TV. You have to develop baseball skills, which are skills that help you win games. Not not showcases, but how do you win games? You throw strikes, you turn double plays, cuts and relays, all the things that we see every day on highlights that help you win, uh, moving, moving runners over, all of that. You have to develop some mental skills. And then... Uh, you, you develop your tools along the way, meaning arm strength, running, fielding, power, and your hit tool. But everyone's stuck on, I'm trying to develop tools, 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 but they can't play a lick. So the performance, which is the last step, 
which is what we all want. You know, we're drafting you to try to win games at every level, not just the big league. We want to win in the minor leagues, but you, you don't help us because you have tools, but you can't play. And Major League Baseball is not really built to develop those those guys anymore. So, you, I mean, there are guys with what you would call, I mean, I'm a tough grader, I'll say that, but you could say there's guys that get drafted with, you know, maybe one tool, one average tool, but their skill set is, a, a, you know, a plus plus. It's above average. So they go out, they move through systems pretty fast these days. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff that we get derailed and uh, we start talking about all these deeper things. And it's I'm trying to get back to, hey, how do we help these kids? And how do we develop players? Joe, you had mentioned developing players. And that's a big key, like learning the game. We we have kids that don't understand the game. And it shocks me that they don't learn it in college. They don't learn it in high school. I mean... We used to. I don't know what's getting missed. I can't be everywhere they, at all times. Tim, are they talking it, though? That's the thing. I don't know no, how much, you know, I no. think they play, but they don't really talk it. They, You know, like you said, everyone's yeah. got a card in their back pocket telling them where to stand or, you know, or right. the analytics. So they're, the, their thinking is, is out of the game. Where, But who who just has the vision like, hey, you know what? I, I still go back to conversations I had with Juan Pierre, and I'd ask him about He goes – he goes, yeah, I might have a scouting report, but if I'm looking at this hitter and I see that the guy's swing, he's late on the fastball today, he just shifts a little yeah. bit over on the opposite field side. You know, he just, you know, right. he's he sees like his eye, Juan Pierre's eyes and and playing the game and you know never coming out of yeah. playing every inning of every game for 162 had conditioned him that he didn't need a card to say the card would have probably told him stay where you are. But just he could have a feel. I'm moving over a yeah. little bit because I see this guy's not catching up. That's the the best question in baseball to ask, and I the kids don't ask, the coaches don't ask. It's why, like you handed me this card. The kids need to understand if you're going to play this guy, uh, you know, slight opposite field in the outfield, but play and pull on the infield. You need to explain why we're doing that. But they take the analytics, they hand it to them. And they say, hey, th- this is what we're going to do. And there's no why. So you're right. They're not building that baseball IQ that Juan Pierre built on his own just playing the game. And we we have to find ways to get back to that. Um, it's the big talk. I mean, you talk about uh, – you could text something about the uh, the grassroots and what, what's going on on the amateur side. And it's, it's the same thing. Parents are like, we can't trust anybody. We have everyone lying to us, whether it's, you know, the big the big tournaments and this and that. I mean, I, there's college coaches, Division One, big, big ones. And I read their bio, and there's complete lies all over their bio. They claim they coached this guy and they did that. It's like the, the amount of lying is unbelievable. So it's like... Get on your own. I say this all the time. Be your own coach. There's enough information. There's enough big leaguers on Twitter. Shoot, Wade Boggs is on Twitter. If if I was a kid and had Twitter, I think I would have asked him a question or two every single day. 
and and yet they don't. There's there's pitchers. There's all these guys. Instead, they run to their you know their fake hitting guy. So there's that. Um, I'm going on a tangent, but that's really what's going on. Is where if we want kids to get better and we want the product to be better, we're going to have to figure out ways to do that because I'm not sure that the colleges are even care anymore. They're trying to find the, the fastest horses through the portal and then they bring them in and their hands off. It's not like they're developing anybody. Um, there's very few colleges that you would say, Oh yeah, they, they're really developing guys. No, they're good at pulling guys out of the portal. But uh, so it's the recruiting, the, the fake. So we're all sales people. Yeah. So yes, it's an industry yes, of sales people. You know, and yeah, uh, Tim, I'm going to, I'm going to mention this as this kind of got me just, just mm-hmm. in the last two or three days, I'm watching the Marlins against the Rays the other day. And this is the game that the Rays won. They, they split of course, in the two game series, they win the game. I think it was five to one. The Rays made three outs at third base <laughs> running the bases. And, and if the Marlins could have hit a lick, they would have, beating their butt that night and one of them was um a rosa arena's on first i think it was first and second and i think it was marco or whatever hits a double to like right center and the throw comes in the marlins pitcher um, george soriano is backing up third base well you know it, it's not enough where rosa arena can score but the throw gets cut off you know goes to goes to a rise at second base and a Rosarina is he's pulls up at third, but decides to be aggressive because the infielders are all over the place, and he doesn't think anyone's at third. But unbeknownst to him, the pitcher is right behind him, so he's dancing <laughs> off third base, challenging a rise who just throws to Soriano, and they get and they get a Rosarina out easily. And the other one was a guy on first. There's a ground ball to third. He tries to go to third from first to third. Because the third baseman has to, you know, you know, jump up, you know, take a few steps in on the chop ball, but unaware that the shortstop's shifting over to third, so the first baseman throws back to Wendell at third, and it gets him out. And that, that's and then last night I'm watching the Red Sox against the Braves, and the Braves are down two in the ninth. They get first and third, and uh, they put a pinch runner in uh, Forrest Wall, and he gets caught stealing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, so like, I, I won't. I know, talk. I know. These are, I know, these are not for you to say specifically, or and no, not Randy yeah. Rosarin is an all-star, great player, and and players make mistakes. But well, I'm just, it, I'm speaking to the point where at the big league level, we're seeing some really head scratching plays yeah. that, um, you know, that it makes me just question. You know, it people, and then they'll excuse it. Oh well, the the Rays are just so aggressive on the bases. Well, at some point. It's aggressive or reckless, you know? Yeah, I have seen that play where you're talking about the ball hit to the shortstop and the runner at seconds trying to get to third more often this year. And I'm wondering if it's, you know, they, they were, did some calculation that the bases are slightly closer together and they're trying to figure out if that works. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, obviously, like I said, I'm not commenting on other teams, but – it's when you watch the game, you see things and you go, whoa, I don't remember seeing that. But to be honest, I see it all the time. Yeah. I see it in college. I see it in high school. And that's where you're, you have to try to say, well, okay, we're no, again, we, we see the problem. What's the answer? How do we get to it? 
let's try to, to figure out some ways to help the parents, help the kids. And even if, if the coaches were willing to listen, um, I, I know some of you will listen. So it'd be awesome if you guys weren't huge egomaniacs, but, um, yeah, I, I, I could go on a tangent right now with that. Something happened yesterday, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got to get people asking why. And then you, you go through, Joe, this is, we've all talked about this. We saw good baseball guys get pushed out of the game during COVID, before COVID, whatever. Yeah. Old school got, got pushed out. And when you push that out, you take a very high IQ baseball guy and you've eliminated him. So who are the kids listening to? I'm so thankful with the Rockies. We have... Lots of guys with tons of experience, and they're trying to do everything right. And it's exciting to be there because you're like, "Wow, all right, we're still scouting. We're not, we're not going model." And, and it's it's a good place to be. I love it. Um, we've got our work to do, but every team does. Yeah. So, um, but uh, so I think, yeah, you ha- you you have to be willing to. Hey, I don't mind listening to the new the new school, as we'll call it. I don't call them new school. I mean, we have some analytics people I love. They're terrific. And we get together and we can communicate. I don't know if that happens everywhere, but we do. I know it, it didn't in other places I've been. Um, so you can bridge that because we're all trying to get better. I, I don't think I'm done growing. Joe, you're not. No, Dave, you're no. not. We're all trying to get better. But it's like people want to throw roadblocks up or we get, you know, this, this is another Twitter argument, but it's, we set up a straw man argument. We're both, I mean, all of us are older. I'm 53. I started playing baseball in 1977. I can promise you no one ever told me to swing a bat straight down and slam the ball into the ground in front of me. No one. I grew up and they said, Hey, take a level swing or something like that. But we've, we've allowed these these newer hitting guys in the launch angle to create this fake argument where, oh, yeah, you guys, you're swinging down, you're, you're chopping a tree, and you're tomahawking the ball. And it's like, no, we're not. No, that, that's, not, that's not accurate. But we didn't have enough people at the time, myself included. I thought, oh, this will go away. This is, this is ridiculous. But it hasn't. And you have people buying into it. So they go the opposite, and they're swinging uphill, and kids strike out all the time. And it started on a straw man argument that was set up. I mean, politicians use those. We really allowed that to happen. Yeah. Like, that's that's not it. And uh, I won't use his name. I was talking to a guy yesterday, big leaguer, played for a long time. And we were talking about the difference between what a, what a major league hitter does in the cage. You hear him talking and... Everyone was in an uproar because A-Rod's talking about, I really want to think down and I want to think down. Everyone's like, well, that's not what he does. And if he thought up in the cage, in the game, his swing would be longer. It's everything he's doing in practice. It's the way he's thinking is preparing him for a game so that he can react. And yet we can't have that simple conversation that, we understand some drills that big leaguers do or good hitters do is not exactly what they're doing in the game where they're reacting. They're not thinking about their swing because the guy's throwing 95 with a hammer. They're, they're, they're competing. Yeah. But we've got into all these false arguments over nothing, and you don't solve anything. And so you're like, kids, 
this when I was a kid, become your own hitting coach. You don't need all this. These arguments are going nowhere, and it's a fake argument anyway. Did anyone tell you guys to slam ground balls in front of home plate? No. I, I don't remember. Hit a line drive so, up the middle or whatever. You know, yes, it was just yes, like, right. You know, go with the pitch, you know, just you know, pitch away. You know, yes. All that stuff, you just go. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so it's hard when you sit back and you go, well, who was teaching this? I, I, I never, never heard this. I'm, I'm an old guy now, or the, what do they call us on, on online? We're the old heads. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I played in a lot of different little leagues, a lot of different places. I played all over the country, independent of all this and that. No one ever told me to do what you're saying. No one. Yeah. And you've made your whole argument that. Yeah. So we have to get away from that and say, kids, you know, you don't need this stuff. You're just, you're confusing yourselves. Let's slow it down and understand your preparation and your game is different. That's okay. Everything's okay. Different guys, different swings, different everything. Be yourself. And I think the more we keep that going, I, I, we've talked about is the tide turning a couple of times when I've been on here and I've seen it in some areas. I think the parents are finally realizing, holy cow, I mean, we spend enough money. We could send them to Harvard four times. Why are we doing this? So I think they're starting to, at least they reach out to me via DM and say, well, who can we trust? Um, so I think there is some stuff happening and we have to stay positive and, and get back to not the fake arguments. And I get sucked into them too, because I can get as angry as the next guy, but, it's like, let's get back. We're, we're trying to help the kids. We're trying to help the parents. We're trying to help coaches. Forget all this other nonsense. That's what it is. If it's a private business, it's America. They're welcome to you know, sell whatever they want. If someone asks me, I'll tell them I wouldn't go there. But there's all this, the other stuff. Let's, let's try to get it back to baseball. And let's hope it does. I, I, I don't know. I know this may be the bottom of the barrel we're seeing right now. Like, I think we reached there. And enough people are saying this is so bad, like we have to make changes. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, well, well, well we know Dave D'Agostino is making changes with his teams because they're doing really well. Oh yeah, Dave, jump in. Oh no, you you. I was just kind of smiling as you're talking, Tim, because that uh, you know that narrative that you did that's going on in my head all day long. So thanks for that was like therapeutic for me to hear somebody <laughs> else say it. But it's, with um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, it's like we're caught in a really bad movie that just yeah. is on the loop. Yeah, it's, it's oh, the same movie again. Well, Good grief. I laugh at the social media. Like, so uh, Jeff Fry, obviously, is a host on our show. And yeah, he, uh, he had uh, made a comment the other day about Manny Ramirez's son. And it went from something on Twitter to all of a sudden it was being covered on Fox News in a 24-hour span. So he texts me and goes, what do I do, buddy? <laughs> and... uh so, you know, rather than, and my joke to him was, is that there, you pointed out on Facebook about A-Rod. A-Rod's talking about what he does in preparation for his at-bats, what worked yeah. for him. Because when you get into a game, there's going to be slippage in some area. They're going to be slightly up, slightly down, slightly in, slightly out. And he was telling what worked for him. He kind of hit the ball pretty well, I would say. I think he did a pretty good yeah. job of hitting the ball. Yeah. And But the criteria for responding to A-Rod online there's no application process to be able to comment on his. So every idiot in America or whatever country they're from, sorry for the 72 countries if you're one of the people that commented on it. But, um, but yeah, they, they have no right to even have an opinion on that. And that's unfathomable yes. in today's society. But Fry, what I told him was, 
So rather than getting the battle on their level, my old philosophy, one of my coaching stops, Joe, you love Alabama, with my first Division One head coaching job was Jacksonville State. And uh, my neighbor was a pig farmer, no lie. And uh, one of the advi- things of advice he gave to me, because I was a young New York Italian, I wanted to fight, the, I wanted to fight every windmill going. And uh, he's like, son, he goes, you don't need to get in the mud and wrestle with those pigs. He, he had pigs. He goes, and I was like, well, I mean, they're not paying attention. So he goes, you get down in that mud, man. He goes, you're going to get dirty and the pig likes it. So stay away from that. So that was my message to Fry. And I said, just post some people doing it the right way. So he posted celebrations of Cal Ripken hitting uh, his first and last home run, just running the bases with his head down. Uh, Mattingly post, uh, hit his eighth, eighth, home, eighth game in a row with home runs, just running the bases. Roger Maris breaking Babe Ruth's record, just running the bases. Nobody did a chest pump. There was no Viking hat put on him when they went in the, the thing. No guzzling uh, fake beer, you know, down the – it was crazy. So, yeah, these, these – uh, I think – all of what we're seeing right now, it's probably parallel to our world too. All of what we're seeing, yeah. I hope, is waking a lot of people up and getting parents back to the point of, if you don't like the way things are going, then please stop paying for it. And then mm-hmm. they will go away because that's why they exist because they make a ton of money doing right. it. So there's yes. a lot of money to be made in confusion. And that's how I would describe grassroots baseball, total confusion. Yes, yes. It's uh, You nailed it. And I love coming on here because we just talked about a pig farm. That's why I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, great anecdotes. Awesome. My beat writers always loved me because I came up with stuff like that. Oh, man. That, that is, that's epic material. <laughs> yeah. but the other thing kids need to learn as we're talking about that, I, I took some notes after Joe texted me. So I was like, there's a few things I think if we can get this out there. Like understanding who you are as a player is very key, and we've lost that. Uh, you know, smaller guys, you're not hitting 60 home runs typically. And, you know, understanding what your role is and maximizing that is going to help some of these youngsters because they're trying to be something they're not. And you see the hitting guys who are the, uh, you know, they teach everybody the same. It's never worked before. It's not going to work. And I've tried to start uh, yesterday. I put up a couple of hitting videos and tried to show different people. Like, check out all these swings. They all do it different. There are some common threads with everyone. And do your due diligence and find out what they are. But understand your role as a hitter, as a pitcher. If you don't throw 95, then you shouldn't have head whack and scatter the ball. You're going to have to throw strikes and change speeds and, you know, use a changeup. Uh, if you're an infielder, you better be able to play good defense, play multiple positions. Versatility is key these days. We see that. So just getting back to instead of getting sucked in, like you said, the, the getting in the mud with the, the, the pigs, yeah, trying to tell kids, like, I'm just going to keep telling you what, what you, the positives. Here's what you should do. Here's what you can do. Um and but we're human and it does get frustrating i mean i've received some dms and i just go do i respond to this do i or this this stuff with some of these college coaches when i know they're lying about things it's it's like the gall of some of these college coaches and you go you're really gonna claim that you coached that guy you were you were a student assistant or you were a teammate with that guy you not only were you his teammate, but you developed him too. Or there was one where a guy's a junior college coach down the street, and he claimed the guy at the Division One. And you're like, "What are we doing? Is it all fake?" 
And so you can get sucked into that ugly, ugly world. And uh, I fight it. I try not to. I try to stay positive, but we're all human. And poor Jeff, uh, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the target of their uh, their arrows. And, you know, it, I don't know Jeff at all. You, you would, it's, it seems he's he his heart is in it for the right reason. But I, I mean, yeah, he just is constantly under attack. It's uh, like, hey, guys, the guy was pretty good. You may want to listen. Like, and I think some kids do. I talked to them at fields. I was out at some summer college games this year. And they don't, they can't put anything online because they'll get attacked by a million people. But there's kids saying, oh, yeah, no, I learned a lot from him. And I learned, and I was like, okay. And we're talking about different social media. Who do you guys listen or who do you read and who do you look at? As Mike Cameron, again, I don't know him, but he's put out some good info. And you're like, yeah, if you find the right former big leaguers online, you can learn a lot. Uh, oh, my gosh, I'm going to forget his name. He's a high school coach. Seth, uh, Seth McClung, is that right? Yeah, that yeah, a Seth's former? a former pitcher. He was yeah. briefly with the Marlins. Yeah, he's a high. Yeah, yeah he's. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I remember the Marlins scout back then was a guy named Matt Anderson. He loved Seth. But, yeah. you know, Seth is. He's with uh, Tampa Bay. He's a high school really coach. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a high school coach now, but he's putting information out. And, I mean, most guys, like I was talking to the, some of the pitchers, and I was like, you know, that guy pitched in the big leagues, right? And they're like, no. And I'm pulling up my phone and showing them different. Hey, there's this guy. Hey, there's Kurt Schilling. Uh, when you know, whatever you don't like his politics, I don't care. But this guy was really good. Listen to him. There's Greg Swindell. You don't have to go to this guy who created his entire resume. It's all fake. Yeah. There are literally guys who did it. Ask them a question. I'm telling you, they're going to answer. You know, and they are all like, "Well, if we get on there, you say anything like the Jeff Fry." You're going to get blown up from every boomer. <laughs> I was like, who cares? You're trying to be better. It's okay. Let them blow you up and just delete it and move on. It, it, it's irrelevant. So, um, yeah, I would tell Jeff, stay with it and, you know, find the positives. He was obviously a really good player and, um, you know, played with energy, did it the right way. And that's what we're trying to get kids to, to understand and arguments with a fool tim but isn't you know, the the fun part and you know i just a couple of weeks ago i you know, one of my ventures i'm building and we we did a showcase that we put on for the uncommitted kids and got about 25 kids out on a super hot wednesday with very little notice but these kids all really put in the work they're all really good kids and they're you know heads in the right spot and they listened and we had todd hollinsworth was uh, my guest speaker for them and they were very attentive so i think you know i am not it's not really the kids i guess the kids are just so, they they want to learn but the, all you could be taught is who's teaching you put that on repeat please and scream it from the top of a mountain it's not the kids you're right it's not it's the adults it's the adults that are lying to them. It's the adults with fake resumes that are lying to them to make money or their pride or their ego. Yes, the kids I meet, they, I mean, the kids of this summer league, a, a friend of mine coached the team. They're not dudes. They're guys who love baseball. I was like, what do you want to do after baseball? I, I think I'd like to coach because I love the game. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. These aren't. These are just good kids that love the game and want to help. They're not saying, hey, hey, Mac, how can you get me drafted? They don't, it's, they have some awareness. The kids are outstanding. But 
it's the level of negativity and lies from the adults that just go, you just go, whoa, man, how do you deal with this? And you want to be, I think a lot of us have become angry because you're trying to protect these kids. And Joe, yeah. you sh- I, I'm glad you did that. And I hope you continue. I know you will. You're fiery. You'll scream that from the mountaintops. It's not the kids. It's no, not. And I'm, I'm going to, in a couple of weeks, have a, have a player or two. We're going to have players. We've already had a, a high oh, school player beautiful. on and their perspective. And, you know, they, they are very sharp. They, they want to know yeah. the game and those who are, there are plenty that do. There are plenty, and and don't get us wrong for our listeners. Uh, uh, there there are plenty that do know, and and they they play with awareness. Yeah. They play with, you know, with a high skill level, and you know if they're and they'll take their physical ability as will take them as far as it can go. And if it doesn't work out as a player, there are other avenues to be in this industry. Um, and, and but we just again, one reason I'm doing this is just to create an opportunity at another level. So, you know, whether you get a, you know, a, a college opportunity, that that's what we're looking to do. And uh, and this network is a lot of just trying to plant those seeds to 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 let people know there there are ways to go. But you made a good point. And it's it's like whatever you do, you know, when I was growing up, I um, when I knew I wanted to get into sports writing, I was reading Kevin Kernan and, and, oh, and yeah. Mike Lubica. You know, I was reading people I admired that, you know, I, I see their stuff. We were a little bit older that you see their stuff, you like their work and you, you kind of, you know, went and followed their lead. And it's the same thing with baseball, obviously. That's why, I mean, you know, if, if I'm picking on Randy Rosarina, it's like, well, it's because it's Randy Rosarina. I mean, you're a darn good yeah. player. Just have some more awareness. You cost your team. Fortunately, your team didn't lose, but it certainly could have that night by just some really, you know, just kind of uh, plays that you just can't take plays off and then get, oh, well, no, there's no accountability because you're a popular player and, you know, you can't say it on Twitter because you know, then you'd be a guy who hates a popular player. And you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm sure yep, Rosarina yeah. doesn't mind to say, Hey, you know what? I messed up, you know? And that, that's, the, right. that's the beauty of the sport. And that's how you get better is to, you learn from your failure and, and that's what, you know, that's what it's all about. No matter what end of it, Absolutely. you know, as a media member, when I'd make mistakes, oh boy, you know, the thing is you make a mistake. It's kind of like a player. It's out there for everyone to read. So you, you kind of had to wear it. And then, you know, if you made a mistake on some, on a player, you have to rectify it there or for a front office person or a coach. And when, I had plenty of those conversations and that's, that's just natural. Yeah. And you, you build, well, and you grow yeah. from it and you build relationships from it and you get credibility from it. Correct. Yes. I mean, my coaching career was like that. I don't know if you know who Mike Batesel is. He was, he's a coach. He just retired at Fresno state, but I mean, he coached big league hitters at Northridge everywhere. But I heard Mike Batesel say at one point that he was the first, he always was the first guy to all these showcases. Well, the day I got the job, I was like, okay, I'm beating Mike Batesel to this game. <laughs> and I showed up and literally was sitting behind the play. He didn't even know who I am. He still probably doesn't know who I am because I was too embarrassed. I mean, he's like an idol. And uh, I'm sitting there behind the plate and he walked up and he was like, well, who are you? And I was like, I introduced myself. I'm sure he forgot in three minutes. But it was like you have these guys you 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 want it to be like because you heard their players talk about them or players see another player they like and and that's okay we've got to learn you with Kevin Kiernan I know exactly who he is he's terrific so it's all of those those role models that we have to keep having and uh, there are I'll tell you this I I can use this name and he's not with us 
Matt McLean, who I'm friends with their whole family. I love him. You can feel free to follow him. He is a tremendous kid. That can be a role model for all these guys. His, his ability, knowing the game, which his dad taught him. I'm not, no one's laying claim to this one. He didn't do all the, the, the stuff. Um, but this guy's knowledge of the game is why he sped through the minor leagues. I mean, he's a baseball rat. He's a good kid and uh, plays with energy. So if kids need a guy like, hey, who should I watch then? You guys are, you know, you guys are so negative. I hear that. <laughs> You're so negative. No, I'm trying to help you, man. You're drowning and I'm trying to help you. Um, follow Matt McClain because uh, I, I can't can't tell you what a great human he is so um anyway yeah what else do we got this is i think that's a good note to kind of wrap this up and i think for our audience uh we're seeing the reason why they should be following tim mcdonald and and re you know getting his book fearless hitting uh dave any last things for for tim before we get out of here no tim i think as always you delivered today and i think you know your messages are very pure and I hope our audience, you know, 72 countries out there, we got grassroots all the way to the MLB front offices. And we have 900 college coaches that subscribe to this podcast. So I hope they're listening loud and clear. They're, they're an important part of the process and they need to get off of the portal. I understand it's instant gratification and back to developing players. Um, that's what college was about at one point in time. So all your messages are loud and clear. I'm going to unpack it all in the show notes and make sure we bullet point these because this is I think this is one for the ages this this episode yeah it is tim thanks well, tell everybody uh, how to get your book tim yeah you can get it on amazon.com uh fearless hitting more than your swing you can follow me at twitter it's uh real timmy mac that uh you know it's my second one tim mcdonald it's uh t-i-m-m-c-d-o-n-n-e-l-l and it's at real r-e-a-l timmy t-i-m-m-y and mac m-a-c and that's it for me now. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get this Facebook. I'm going to do it, Dave. I'm gonna, you, I'm I gonna, mean, they forced me to do it, so you get on there. I'm going to have you yell at me. I promise I'll be your Facebook friend. Um, since oh, I'm, yeah, I'm you'll be the one. You'll be the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I do have a couple caveats bef- before we go. Sure. Because yeah. this isn't about me. I don't have the answers. I'm not trying to cl- lay claim on anyone. I, I just love this game. I love the people in it. And we're all trying to help. And it, we are at a very frustrating point. And if we don't find some answers and some honesty and some respect for the game, I, I can't imagine where this goes in five to ten years. You, If you start to plan out and you think, what are we going to have? What are we going to watch in five years? It's a little frightening so you have to have some courage and we live in this live and let live society, but you have to have some courage to say, and this is what Jeff Fry is doing. He's trying uh, to say, this isn't right. We got to make a change or this is going to get really bad. Uh, we're going to have some massive, massive fights on fields. If we don't get this figured out uh, because the showboating is getting too big and guys have tempers and I, I really, I don't want to see a guy hit another guy with a bat or do, but we're getting there because at the amateur level, these, these kids can't control their emotions. And we have to pause for a second and look down the road and say, where are we headed people? And like you said, for society, Dave, we, we may want to take a look and go, yeah, we need to pump the brakes on some of this stuff and we need to have a course correction. So 
this isn't about me having any answers, but I'm hoping more will jo- join me, more scouts, more coaches, and say, hey, yeah, Mac's not being negative. We're not being negative. Like, we love the game. We're trying to help these kids. And that's what you two have been doing this whole time. When you first contacted me about this, I was like, oh, my gosh, amen, someone's doing it. So uh, I just want to make that, it, you know, I get accused sometimes of oh, it's about me or I think I did this or that. I didn't do anything. And I made that clear in my book. If you read it, I if I played 1%, if the player says, oh, yeah, Mac helped me 1% of my career, I'm tickled pink. I, I, that's all I need. I don't need anything more than that. Uh, I wasn't some great player. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to clear the air for anyone that that may hear this. Like, it's this isn't this isn't some ego thing. We're trying to help. And guys like Jeff Rye, if you don't like his delivery, okay, fine. But he has good information. Um, and stop attacking him, and he'll probably be nicer to you. <laughs> like, like, come on, come on. Uh, he came on. He was one of the funniest uh, funniest Twitters when it first started. And, and yet now they attack him constantly. And it's, I've had to push away. I haven't really been reading a lot of Twitter. So uh, it gets a little old. I, I, I post here and there, but get away from it fast. Anyway, yeah. I've rambled, but I want that caveat out there that we're just all part of a team trying to do this. And, you know, follow Clint Hurdle on, on Twitter. He's one of the most positive people I've ever been around. Um, you know, former manager with the Rockies. And now he's he's back with us. Uh, he's has a life experience. It's unreal. So he's booked for the show with Will, oh, Will George, and Mark Wiley. We had on Leo Mazzone the other day, um, and then Kevin, as you mentioned, is one of our co-hosts. And Jim Cott will be back with us next week after his Hall of Fame run. Joe, Joe can I ask? I yeah, go ahead. Qu- go ahead. Yeah. And Jim, you brought up a good point, and I want our audience to to grab onto this. When you were talking about analytics back in the middle of the show. Um, about how Colorado is having conversations and they're, mm-hmm. they're good conversations. And then we're talking about, you know, life and baseball too. I think a point that our audience needs to grab onto is the conversations are good. And when one side gets offended uh, by the desire to have a conversation, that's, that's the problem. It's not the topic. And I think that's what we've got to get past right now where analytics should not be numbers. It should be the conversations that you guys are having with the Rockies. That's what it was meant for. It's a word problem. It's not a numbers problem. And these issues that we're talking about with the ways to hit, it's good to have open conversations. It's good to have open debate about it. But when people get offended by the the idea of having a conversation, that's the side you got to take a look at and say, what are they hiding? What are they masking? You know, What are they so fragile about right now? So I say yeah. keep going, keep forcing the conversation. We're doing it here on yes. our network. And uh, God, if the rest of the world pushes you away, at least you, you know you got forty thousand subscribers <laughs> that'll listen to you here. Seventy-two hundred. You just pick your language, brother. Uh, oh yeah, no. Hey, there's only a few handful that that have some things to say, but most of them have been positive because they, they know. But tell yeah, them my pig the, story. They'll, they'll go away. I will. Yeah, the, pig, the pigs in the mud. I don't want to be a pig in a mud. Yeah, no. that's 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 the point. Yeah, you're like no. But yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. I I hope some kids, parents, whoever can learn something from my long journey of, of heartbreak and highlights and all the stuff in between. So, well, as you know, my friend, you have an open invite on this show whenever you, well, thank you. we appreciate you, you giving your time and 
you know, I've been wanting to get you on, but I'm like, I can't get him on until after the draft because he's busy. Yeah. You know, just like some other scouts after the deadline, uh, I'll be able to get some of those guys on uh, as well. So, Tim McDonald, once again, thanks so much. Uh, Dave D'Agostino, outstanding as always. Um, you know, any parting things for our audience, Dave? No, I think it's a great way to wrap it up. Phenomenal interview. Great job, yeah. Tim. Thank you, yeah. Joe. Great, great job uh, thank for, you. by everybody. Again, our message, raise the base, our mission, raise the baseball IQ of our audience. We hope we did it. You know, sometimes we just go right to it. We're not uh, holding back, but these are very important messages. And listening to what Tim McDonald and, and so many people at this channel that we bring in and, and you know, there's a lot of life experience that is offering this advice. And we'll leave it with that. We're honored that you guys are tuning in. Uh, the the great news on our, our building this network and our subscriber numbers. And it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing because uh, 40 is going to become 80,000 before too long and then 100 and then it's going to be on its way. And uh, our voices and real voices of the game are being heard. Again, this is Joe Frasaro, man on second, and we are out of here. Thank you.